since this morning. I just keep feeling <clears throat> the joy of the Lord. And I, I pray that you guys feel that too today. Just such joy from the Lord. You know, for the, for the past couple of days now, the Lord has been saying this word to me. And so today I'm going to share on that in, our, in the message that I'm going to release to you guys. Um, it's been so awesome how the Lord's been speaking. And so I just kind of want to share that piece of what the Lord is sharing right now. But today's title is going to be called My Beloved. And so um, I had found this, <clears throat> this T-shirt I hadn't seen in a while. And it said, it said, Beloved on it. Just the word Beloved. And it was written in red. And I was like, oh, man, I haven't seen this top in a long time. So I didn't think anything of it. Then I, I called to, uh, <laughs> I called to pay my insurance. And when I called to pay my insurance, the gentleman at the end of the phone call, um, he ended the phone call with, um, is there anything else that I can do for you, beloved? And I was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, you know, I always, I always, I always know that God, he's like, he has angels on assignment guys. And, and when, and when you're having a bad day or when you're, when you're dealing with stuff, he sends the angels through people sometimes, or they are the people that begin to talk to you. And this is not the first time this has happened. Years ago, I had a phone call with this, with this bill I was dealing with, and I literally felt like the person on the other side of the phone was angelic. I literally did. Like, they were walking me through this process of some unjust costs that had come in through this bill. And they were like so sweet about it. And I knew it was the Lord. And so when, when the gentleman said that to me, I was like, wow. I was like, God, you're so much about this whole beloved. So then last night, <clears throat> my son, I go sit down with him for a little bit. He's like, Mom, have you seen the, the previews of this movie? They're doing a bunch of TikToks about it. And I was like, no. So I sit down for a moment. I, and I knew it was the Lord because we never do this very much. And so I sat down to listen, and the, the clip that I saw was of people that had passed away in times past, and they come back from heaven. And so it's a heavenly encounter this, this person's having with someone who passed away. And, and they're like, where have you been all this time? And they're like, I've been in the sky. And I've been, I've been flying in the sky. And I was like, what? What did they just say? And then, and then, the, person, and then the person who was in heaven, um, the other person like us that are left here, you know, the loved ones of that person that passes, you know, the, per, the, the little character says, can I go with you? Because when we lose a loved one, we feel such heartbreak in our hearts. We feel such... Um, heaviness in our hearts of sadness that that is sometimes a thought that will run through your mind well can I just can I go with you wherever you went and so the person the person the heavenly person responds puts their hand up and says yes you can and I'm like what what's gonna happen here and they're like not yet and then they go to hug the person that's left here on earth and and then the, the character says um, 
Not yet, my beloved. <laughs> and see, I, I don't have my mom anymore. My mom, she died. I was asking my sisters this morning. I was like, how long has it been since mom's been gone? They're like six years. I'm like, no way. It's been that long. It doesn't se- when you lose somebody who you love dearly, it, 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 it never seems that long that they've passed. It really doesn't. And so I was like, I thought it was five years. They're like, no, it's been almost six. And I was like, wow. But I just kept hearing that word beloved. And I was like, wow, God, that, that you would even talk through this movie clip about how we are the beloved. And so I had been praying for days on this. And I was thinking about that word beloved and how he addresses us as his beloved. And, and I was thinking in times past, see, when you have an orphan mindset, to think like an orphan, you'll never understand or grasp you being his beloved. Right. You, you can't. Because all your thoughts all the time are less than. You categorize yourself as less than. You think of yourself not being worthy of being his beloved. The whole process in your mind, it's more of a burden and a torment all the time that even the flaws you've had in your life are never to be considered or cause you to be his beloved. And so that orphan thing will come sit on you in your mind and you'll go through every bad thing you've done in your life and you'll never be able to see yourself as his beloved. And so... I say all that because the time's coming for you to be his beloved. And this orphan mindset, we got a word months ago that the orphan spirit would die here. And I agree with that because we are not no longer orphans. We are sons and daughters. And because of us being sons and daughters, that orphan mindset has to stop. You can speak it out of your mind. Oh, I am not an orphan. I am a son. We can sing songs that say I'm no longer a slave. You know, that's a big popular song. I'm no longer a slave to to fear. All these things we can sing about. But in our hearts, have we grasped that you're not an orphan anymore? Do you believe it? Do you really believe you're not an orphan and you're a son and a daughter? Because as soon as... As you agree with Holy Spirit that you're a son and a daughter to the most high, then things start to fall off of you. Heaviness, burdens, unresolved forgiveness for yourself begins to fall off of you. Would have, could have, should have, I always say, are from the devil himself. Always thinking, what if I would have done this? What if I would have said that? What if, and, and, and in your mind, it becomes torment because it takes you like, like a, a, a mice on this wheel. And it never stops. And the only person that can stop it is yourself. Nobody else can stop those thoughts but you. So I, I was praying about this, and I was just like, God, you know, Paul talks about this in Romans 8:38. And he says, "I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow." 
not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above, on the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in, Jesus, in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing separates you from his love. It doesn't matter what kind of mistakes you've made. It doesn't matter uh, things you've done in the past. Nothing separates you from his love. So because nothing separates you from his love, you are able to be his beloved. Beloved is a very deep, intimate love. It is all throughout scripture where he talks about certain people who are called for certain things, he labels them as beloved. 2 Samuel 12, 24 and 25, he talks about Solomon and when Solomon was born. Verse 24, then David com comforted Bathsheba's wife and went in to her and laid with her. So she bore a son and he was called, his name was Solomon. Now the Lord loved him, and he sent word by the hand of Nathan the prophet, so he called his name Jedidiah. And Jedidiah means beloved. So Solomon, we've, I, I talked about this, I guess, last week, or I think last week or the week before, we, we've been talking a lot about Solomon and his kingship and the wisdom Solomon carried, that that's what he requested from God. And so Solomon... His biblical name was Jedidiah, which means beloved. Nathan the prophet named him that, and he became Solomon the king. So that right there tells us that because he had such a calling to be set apart, that he was called beloved. Nehemiah 13.20 says, Did not Solomon, king of Israel, sin by these things, yet among many nations there was no king like him, who was beloved by his God, and God made him king over Israel. So there's scriptures that keep talking about how God saw Solomon. And even in his mistakes, because it says in verse 26, did not Solomon, king of Israel, sin by these things? They're, he's talking about how Solomon made mistakes. And so maybe that's your excuse today of why you can't be his beloved, why I've made mistakes. If you only knew my life, if you only knew the sin I've been in, if you, and, 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 and you, you take yourself out of the equation of being his beloved. But Nehemiah is talking about Solomon because Solomon was known for great things. But this scripture here tells us that there were some flaws in Solomon. He wasn't perfect. But even him not being perfect, God still labeled him as beloved. Deuteronomy 30, 33, 12. Moses goes into this blessing of prayer. I mean, it's deep, this prayer. I call it an intercession prayer that he does in Deuteronomy. And Moses speaks a blessing over the children of Israel and he literally goes through every tribe, every family, and starts speaking certain things. Well, when he gets to uh, verse uh, 12, he's talking about Benjamin. 
And he's talking about the beloved of the Lord shall dwell in safety by him who shelters him all the day long. And he shall dwell between his shoulders. He's talking about the beloved of the Lord. In verse 12, the beloved of the Lord shall dwell in safety by him. He's talking about Benjamin. And he's talking how Benjamin was his beloved. And so when he was, when he was sharing his heart about these certain families and praying over them, and he was praying over the children of Israel at this time, he was speaking beloved over some of them. So this is, this is an Old Testament, right? <laughs> then Matthew 3.17 talks about, Matthew 3.17, here comes Jesus, okay? This is for the, for the new generation. This is when everything shifted for us. When Jesus comes, and verse 17, and behold, the baptism of Jesus, and behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. When the heavens split open and the Holy Spirit came to dwell on Jesus, God's response to that whole thing was, he was like, this is my beloved and who I am well pleased. There's something that shifted in this moment because one hears Jesus and they're announcing and introducing Jesus. And at the same time, they're also announcing about the Holy Spirit because the heavens split open and the Holy Spirit came down to dwell with Jesus. And they became one. Right after that, if you go to Mark 1.10, it talks, and when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove when Jesus leaves well let's go over this verse Matthew 17 5 he was still speaking when behold a bright cloud overshadowed them and a voice from the cloud said this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased listen to him he keeps saying my beloved my beloved God is saying this about Jesus. We are in the same bloodline as Jesus. He's part of our DNA. So if God is addressing Jesus as his beloved, what does that make us? His beloved. Colossians 3.12. So... As this, as this, I, I don't want to go before I'm supposed to go because I want to share everything. But in the, in the Mount of Transfiguration, there is a transformation that happened to Jesus. And right now, God has us in a transformation state. He really does. He's saying, let's get healed. Let's get restored Let's let the Lord come touch your heart to bring healing and restoration. Let the Lord come he heal and mend some things inside of you from your past. Let's not have trauma anymore from your past. And let's get built up from the inside out so that way you can do what I've created you to do. 
And you're like, but I lost so much time. Well, time's redeemed in the kingdom of God. Time is redeemed in the kingdom of God. We did not lose time. It's all redeemed under the blood of Jesus. He doesn't just redeem certain bits and pieces. He redeems it all for us. And all of it gets brought back to us. That there was no time lost, even when we were living in sin, even when we were doing things we shouldn't have been doing. We were making mistakes. Some of us were lost. We were confused. Some of us didn't know Jesus. That's why the harvest is so important to him. And going out and bringing a reality of who he is to people out there that still don't know him. He's like, I want to bring redemption to them. I am the redeemer. I want to tell them that they haven't lost anything. There's nothing lost. Some of us, look, today's Mother's Day, and some of us went through some things with our moms. And God is so good, he redeems all that back. He's like, the time you lost with your mom, the situations that were not good that you put your mom through, or maybe your kids put you through some things, and God comes into your life, he says, I can redeem it all. I'm a God of restoration. I can redeem every part. Every moment that was lost can all be redeemed. So Jesus went through a transformation with his father. And during the transformation, he said, my beloved and who I'm well pleased. The Lord today, through your transformation, where you're allowing God to come into your heart to bring transformation to you, he's looking down from heaven. You're his son and daughter. And he's saying, my beloved, in whom I'm well pleased. See, the devil's lied to you for a long time and made you feel less than and made you feel you weren't worthy and made you feel like, man, you couldn't ever come close to God. Because of all the mess you've been in. And here he is through transformation saying, hey, this is supposed to be a representation of my, what my sons and daughters are going to go through. They're going to go through a transformation. One day they're going to wake up. One day they're going to wake up and they're going to know who I am. And when they wake up and they know who I am, transformation will come into their heart. And as soon as transformation comes and they're letting me into their life and we're spending time together and I'm changing their life and I'm showing them what they were originally called to do in their lives with purpose and destiny, then God comes and says, okay, now through transformation, because you let me in through the Holy Spirit, that now Holy Spirit brings you transformation in your life. And through that transformation, he's looking at you saying, my beloved. Oh, I'm so pleased with you. That's how, like, it's breathtaking when God speaks my beloved over you. It's like such a deep love that he speaks over you that is incredible. It's powerful. And it's like his breath comes and speaks over you when you're sleeping at night, before you wake up in the morning, and he says, my beloved... And who I'm well pleased with. See, the first thoughts that happen when you wake up shouldn't be the devil whispering in your ear. 
how horrible of a person you are or the mistakes you've made or the, the, the hardships you've gone through. The first person that you should be talking to is Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. So if you're not waking up to the unction of Holy Spirit, that's when the whispers of the lies come. And that, you know, that dictates your day. Whether you wake up with the whispers of the enemy or you wake up with the whispers of the Holy Spirit, it determines your whole entire day when you wake up. Because when the spirit of truth comes and speaks truth to your heart of who you're called to be and what he has for you that day, it will totally change your life in transformation like never before. And then the lies, you can hear too. If two people are talking to you at the same time, can you understand what they're saying? No. It would be confusing. You would be like, what? What, what, what did you say? There's two people talking to you. This is what brings confusion to you. This is what makes you say, did God say? Did he really say that to me? Did he really speak destiny and purpose over me? See, it causes confusion because you're trying to listen to two different people at the same time. And God's saying, I'm trying to come and bring you transformation to clear things up. That the only thing you hear when you wake up in the morning is good morning, Holy Spirit. Sometimes you have to say it out loud to yourself. And you have to say, good morning, Holy Spirit. And he's like, good morning, beloved. My mom, when we were little, I'll say something in Spanish. But I remember when I would wake up in the morning, my mom would tell me, como manesitas, which always meant, how did you wake up this morning? How was your night? And I never forgot about that because she wanted to know, how did I wake up that morning? Because she, wanted, she was trying to tell me in her way, like, have a good day. And when she said it, she said it like with such love. It was like a, like a love thing that she would do with us when we were growing up. She's like, como manesitas? And she would always say, mija or mijo. Como manesitas, mija? You know, how did you wake up this morning, daughter, son? And the Lord now that I don't have her here anymore, he reminds me of these little things she would do. Little nuggets that my mother would do that was a representation of the Lord. But I just didn't know it back then. And so now I take heed to it when the Lord reminds me of something my mom would say to me. And I was like, oh, that was the Lord teaching me about Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit coming and talking to me and saying, Como manesitas? How, did you, how did you wake up this morning? And my mom in the morning, she was, a, she was a morning person. She was joyful, happy, drinking her little coffee, sitting on a chair, saying good morning. Oh, how much she loved us. And then I would look at her, and I was not a morning person. <laughs> and I would look at her like, okay, yeah, good morning, mom. <laughs> of course, we've talked about this before she passed away, but... <laughs> But that was me growing up because I was battling depression real bad when I was growing up. And I was battling all these things because the devil did not want me to know that I had a purpose and destiny. So every day I would wake up, I would make up, I would wake up angry. 
and I would wake up sad. And I would come to the kitchen, and my mom would look at me and say, Hi, mija, como manecites? And I'm, like, looking at her like, I have all these thoughts and all these emotions and all these feelings that don't line up with what you're telling me right now. Because I didn't know God. I didn't know the Lord. So I couldn't understand what she was really saying to me through the Holy Spirit that he was using my mom to do an imprint of my life at that moment because I didn't know Jesus. So then years later, I get saved and I know the Lord. And then I, I, everything's father filtered like we've been talking about here in this house. Everything's fathered filtered that now everything that I hear and say is filtered by the father, which it wasn't when I was growing up. And so now you got to wake up and say, good morning, Holy Spirit. What do you have for me today? What kind of, of journey are we going to have today? What kind of adventure are we going to have today? You know, our moms... When I said earlier about them knowing more than, than we did growing up, my mother, before I moved to Ohio, had a dream. And my mom kept telling me, you're going to have a church. And I just see a lot of people coming to the church. And I, even knowing Jesus and being saved, I looked at my mom and I said, I don't think you had the right dream, mom. Because I was traveling, and I was an itinerant speaker traveling the nation, and so I couldn't comprehend what she was telling me. She was agreeing with heaven at that moment over me and speaking it into existence what God had for me. And I was like in denial, and I was like, no, Mom. No, I've already, we've already talked, me and Jesus, and, 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 I, and I like to just go everywhere and get in the car and pack bags and leave, and I, I don't think you had the right dream. She's like, and she's like being serious with me, <laughs> and she's like, no, mija, for real. I, I saw the church, and I saw the people, and it was a beautiful church, and the people were beautiful, and, and I already know Jesus is going to do that. She spoke it into existence as my mom. And as moms, sometimes um, recently here, it's so funny because moms help to position their kids in what God has for them through the Holy Spirit. And we just don't know it. Uh, we were talking, me and Joan Hunter, when she was here one day for lunch, and she said, we were talking about Jesus. And when his mom came and told him to change the water into wine, and he told his mom that he wasn't ready yet. <laughs> it's not my time, mom. <laughs> and so his mom even helped to launch his ministry and launch him stepping out. And when he thought it wasn't his time, his mom knew it was time. So when you talk about moms, they play a very big role and even help to launch us into things that we don't see for ourselves and to launch us into, um, like, they birthed us. They know when we're in trouble. They know when we need prayer. They know when things are going on in our lives like nobody else could ever know. But I believe it's a special gift that Jesus put inside of us to have such a discernment for our own children. Yeah. 
And it was for the sole purpose of their destiny and purpose to come alive inside of them, to help mold who they were always called to be. And my mom, she didn't grow up in church, but my mom always spoke to me about having faith and prayer. And so that was enough for God to use those two pieces in my life to make me who I am today. It was like prayer and faith. Always have faith and always pray. Those are the two things that she imprinted on me. She would tell me all the time when I had a problem, Miha, you need to pray. You need to have faith. Don't let anything make you lose your faith. And she would say it's so simple, but it was so powerful. The thing she was actually saying to me, never give up, never lose faith, and always pray about every situation in your life. And she would just say it real simple. And, I, and years later, I'm like, God, you were talking to my mom, to me. And I just didn't know it back then. Song of Songs 6.3 talks about I am my beloved's and he is mine. You belong to the Lord and he belongs to you. And then it goes on and it says, he browses among the lilies. And lily means rebirth and hope. And it also means purity. So when, when we read this in Song of Songs, it's not just a declaration or a saying, I am my beloved's and he is mine. It's him also saying there's a rebirth, a transformation. And with transformation and a rebirth comes hope. And guess what? It's a pure love. It is birthed out of purity of his love for you and me. And I was sitting there, and I was like, I am my beloved, and he is mine. I believe you need to say that over yourself today. You need to speak it over yourself so that way, you know, like we have the scripture that says to know the word is to hear it. There's power in what we speak. If you haven't been coming to the classes, go back and watch them because we've been talking about the power of the tongue. <laughs> and what we say matters. So if what we say matters, you have to speak it out loud so your spirit can catch wind of it. And it's not just something you read in Song of Songs and you know in your mind, but your spirit catches wind of it and you're like, and it becomes real to you. That's why you can't be an orphan in the process of knowing that you are his beloved and he is your beloved. And together, you're one through the Holy Spirit of what he wants to lead you in things in your life to do and to say. But if you still have an orphan mindset, you can't get past that. Because the enemy works in strategy in your mind to shut the very person you were always created to be over and over again. You know that saying, 10 steps forward, 5 steps back, that whole saying about taking steps? The steps back have nothing to do with God. It's us that cause us to go back. The steps that we go back, we take back ourselves because we haven't come to a part in our lives yet where we're sons and daughters of the Most High. And the Lord doesn't take you back. He pulls you forward. 
He pulls you forward into your purpose and your destiny. And he tells you, don't look back because it's more work to look back behind you than it is to move forward. We were called to run our race like in 1 Timothy. Run your race. Don't give up. Keep running. Don't look back. That's what he says over us. But if we keep looking back to our past all the time, we'll never get to run a race. We'll always be too busy looking back and God saying, I don't want you to look back anymore. You're my beloved. I am yours and you are mine. Let's run together. Let me hold your hand. Let me take hold of your hand so we can run this race together. And you won't grow weary and tired because in the times you're tired, he's going to hold you up. And the times you want to give up, he won't let you. He'll give you the support that you need in those times. You know, that's one thing that I miss about my mom, that if I ever had a time of calling her when I had an issue or problem or I just wanted to move back home. When I lived in Alabama, there were days I would call her and say, I just want to come back home. And she was like, Miha, that's not a good idea. <laughs> I miss you, but, but, God, but God, God is used. My mom would always say, God is using you there. So it's not a good idea for you to come home. And so those are, the, those are the things I'm talking about, the little nuggets. Even as our moms would pour into us and speak to us in simplicity, that Holy Spirit will come to you in, simpli in simplicity to tell you deep things into your spirit, my beloved, I am pleased with you. The king of all kings is pleased with you, and you are his beloved. It's like I want you to grab it in your spirit this morning. I don't want you to just know it as knowledge, and you look at songs of songs and think, oh, yeah, I know that scripture. They put it all over these boards and paintings, and, and you see it sometimes in different posts out there on Facebook. But to know in your spirit, I am my beloved, and he's mine. We have this love relationship. It, some of you didn't come Thursday night. We were talking about the secret place Thursday night. There was such a presence that came in here on Thursday night. Go watch it if you haven't seen it. But there was such a presence that came in because there was power in us talking about the secret place and spending time with the Father in intimacy in a secret place where things are quiet and it's just you and him. That he is longing to spend time with you. He's longing to sit with us and speak to us and share with us how much he loves us. And that on that day when you were created in your mother's womb, that he was like, I spoke destiny over you. I spoke purpose over you. When I was knitting you in your mother's womb, I said, oh, this one, this one's going to be a pastor when he grows up or she grows up. Oh, this one, they're going to be a revivalist. Oh, and this one, this one's going to be a pastor and they're going to love the body of Christ. And then, and then, and then he was speaking over you and some of you are going to be teachers and, and know the word of God so well, you're going to dissect it and you're going to be happy to do that. See, 
He speaks these things when you're knitted in your mother's womb. Because there's a purpose and destiny he speaks when you're being created. Those whole nine months are not just to sit in your mother's belly for nine months. Those nine months, he's knitting you into your purpose and your destiny at that moment. He's in, his hand is in your mother's wound, knitting your body together, every single part of your body, because you're valuable to him. And you matter. We have this thing that the Lord gave my husband, and it's called People Matter. Because I think that is one thing that people need to understand, that they matter to the Lord, and they matter to us. And us being vessels of the kingdom need to say, you mattered to us. Your purpose and your destiny matter to the Lord and matters to us. And because of that, we will keep pouring in your purpose and your destiny and your identity with him in such a way that you get tired of hearing about it. <laughs> I've had people come up to me and they're like, I got, the, I got a prophetic word, but I've had that prophetic word five, ten times. Well, that should tell you that you haven't believed the prophetic word spoken over you. And you have to believe those prophetic words spoken over you. It can't be just for a second that you receive a prophetic word or maybe a, a, a piece. It's so funny because the Lord recently has had me do puzzles. And I looked at this billboard yesterday and it had this big old puzzle thing. And I was telling the Lord, I was like, Lord, I've never been a puzzle person. Like, I don't even know why I'm even doing this game. And he's like, because you need to understand what it's like to put the, the pieces of the puzzle together. So you can help others put the pieces together. You're a piece of the puzzle, guys. You're a piece of the puzzle of this great, beautiful picture of what God is trying to create. And have you ever had a missing piece of the puzzle? I've seen people who are very, really about puzzles go crazy looking for a piece. <laughs> like they will search under the table. They will be all dramatic looking everywhere, looking for this piece of puzzle. And they're like, it was just here. What happened to it? And their puzzle, it drives them nuts because their puzzle can't be complete without that piece. God's in heaven. And he's looking for his missing puzzle pieces right now. And he's like, where are they? Where's the missing puzzle pieces that I need to get them and I need to put them in their position and in their place? So that way, when it all comes together, it's this beautiful puzzle that looks more beautiful. You know, when you finish a puzzle, you go back and you look at your puzzle and you're like, wow, I didn't even know how beautiful it was going to look once it was done. That's what he wants to do with us. You're all a piece of his puzzle and you matter. And he's been looking for you for a long time. There's a harvest out there. And he's looking for each one of them because they're pieces of the puzzle too. And he's like, where are my puzzle pieces? 
They all are a piece of the puzzle of what I'm trying to do here on earth, that his kingdom come, that his will would be done here on earth as it is in heaven. So when you exclude yourself and you don't acknowledge yourself as being worthy of his love, worthy of what he's called you to be, you're taking out the piece of the puzzle. And it can't have a completion unless you agree with Holy Spirit and come become a piece of the puzzle. And then things can come to a place of completion, not only in your personal life, but in the kingdom of God. He's putting it all together. So at the end, you can sit back and look at your kid's life, their kid's life, their kid's life, and it goes on and on, the generations behind you of what you've taught them in their life to become the pieces of puzzle that God is trying to position and put in a place where they're never lost. Yes. 